This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. We've got a great podcast for you here today on this Wednesday. Come on in. We're in Studio B today with Daniel Salerson. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad to have you alongside here uh, with the uh, guest lineup we've got. Oh, my gosh. David Wesley today on a Wesley Wednesday. We're going to have a great conversation with David about the Pelicans, where they stand here entering this uh, long homestand, coming off a win last night, and the Eric Gordon injury. And we'll also talk NFC football today. Our cousins in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers, are playing for a Super Bowl trip this weekend. And the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon, is with us today. He's one of our favorite guests. I bet you, I bet you that he has some off-the-wall phrase that he'll throw into the show today. He always does. Pelicans winners last night, though, 114-99. Much needed to win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. 35 from Anthony Davis. And another standout performance from Drew Holiday off the bench. And that sets up... Uh, to the Thursday night game against Detroit, game two of this seven-game homestand. So we'll take a quick break, get right to our two great guests today. I know you're going to want to hear from these guys, and uh, they may provoke some thought. Well, that's a good thing always here on the Black and Blue Report. David Wesley and Mick Mixon right after this. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Saturday, January 23rd against the Milwaukee Bucks. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Manilo, one last time. All the hits, all the joy, all the memories. Don't miss Barry Manilow at Smoothie King Center, Friday, January 29th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and the Smoothie King Center box office. All the hits, Manilow, one last time. For more info, see Manilow.com. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to our show here on this Wednesday. It is a Wesley Wednesday, and the Pelicans have won three of their last four. We're not in a hotel lobby. This is a great Wesley Wednesday, Mr. David Wesley. Yeah, we're stuck at home, huh? I know. We're, we're going to be here for a while, so we'll have two Wesley Wednesdays. Right here in New Orleans. And I, yes, and a winning one at that after last night's 114-99 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. You've won three of your last four. You outscored them 63-39 to in the second half last night. So, David, so David, is the conversation changing here with the New Orleans Pelicans since our last Wesley Wednesday? Um, not yet. Okay. 
Not yet. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to jump into excitement just yet. Uh, again, a win. They had to win. A win. They should have won. Uh, and, and they played uh, well for three quarters. Uh, but again, that's a young, inexperienced. Well, they're going to be pretty good in the future. Um, they're not a good team. So you beat up on a bad team, even though your records are basically the same. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly happy for the win. I'm certainly happy that they came out and took care of business. Uh, you know, after that first quarter of getting their legs back into it after the Memphis loss, getting their heads right, they pretty much dominated uh, the, the, the final three quarters. And that's the kind of basketball you want to see. Another good, great game by Drew Holiday uh, coming off the bench, basically playing starters minutes, but gives that bench a lot of punch. Um, I, I, you know, I remember standing at halftime, and I turned around to Jim Eichenhofer, and I said, I need a win. I want to talk about a win on Wesley Wednesday, so I'm happy about that. David, three guys off the bench last night played more minutes than four of the starters. Um, Alonzo G., Ryan Anderson, and Drew Holiday all went for at least 27 minutes last night. Um, is this characteristic of having the number one scoring bench in the NBA, or um, is there a sea change coming with regard to the rotation? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it. I, I think coaches kind of get into. I like that punch off the bench, and certainly all those guys could start on other teams. They could start on this team. They're starters, accepting their role, and that's what. That's what. Team basketball is about accepting your role for the best of the team, uh, and the, and the more you accept that and play your role to the the best you can, that's going to give your team the, the opportunity each and every night to win. Uh, you got guys out there that are starting; they go out there. You want them to get off to a good start, but if they don't, you got guys coming off the bench that could start um, and 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 produce at a high level that are going to give you that change of tempo, you know, style, the, the whole thing, and, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, I'm not sure I would necessarily change it. 35 for Anthony Davis last night. This was the kind of performance that says uh, franchise leader, wasn't it? I, I think so. And and from the start of the game, there were some shots that he took that he doesn't normally take. He was aggressive. He was assertive. Uh, and, and he had that that look on his face, like, not tonight. And he came out, started hot. Um, you know, he only played a, a few minutes, uh, maybe five or six minutes in the, in, the, in, the, in the third quarter. But that fourth quarter, uh, again, he was very assertive. He took shots. Uh, I liked that he was down the block. I liked the matchup, matchup between him and Towns. Uh, I thought that was fun to watch. That Towns. I, I know this is a Pelican show, but. That Towns, he's going to be something special. Oh, oh, I was more than impressed. I, and you yeah, mentioned, me too. yeah, and you mentioned earlier. I think Minnesota's a real nasty team here in about twenty months. I mean, that's that that if they can keep that core together, Wiggins, Towns, Rubio to some extent, um, even Gorgie Jang. I I I, I like their team. I, if they're not inexperienced, like you said also earlier in this conversation. Um, that's a problem here for the West in about two years. Yeah, when you, and you left out a guy that, that has potential, hasn't quite found his niche, but, 
but Zach Levine yeah. is another guy that, that if he can figure it out, uh, and he was in foul trouble all night uh, last night, but uh, you throw him into the mix, especially if he can be good enough to start, you got Wiggins and Levine in the backcourt, and, and, and then you got Towns down low. Oh, man. I, I'm not so sure that Sam Mitchell's the right guy to coach that group just because I think they want to run and, and get out there, and Mitchell's more of a half-court grinding type head coach. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I think we're on to something there. Um, you know what? You, you, talk about, you talk about Sam Mitchell and half-court grind. Yeah. You know, I think he has that same mentality Monty Williams had in the sense that I have such young players that don't know how to play. You almost have to be sometimes kind of, too much hands-on. Deliberate. Stop everything. Get a get a play. Get set. You know, because decision making and 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 basketball IQ in the league right now is is really poor. And if you don't do that, then you get a lot of bad possessions. And I think um, you know not just Sam Mitchell, but a lot of coaches feel like I can't just unleash these guys and let them run wild. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I've got a theory on this next thing here. Um, but you're an expert, so I want to get your take on why you think perhaps Alonzo G has been more explosive here lately and seemingly more comfortable here of late. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes being in a starting lineup, you get um, comfortable. And you, you get around, you, you play alongside guys that aren't, that aren't necessarily playing to their best intense level. Uh, you know, a starting lineup can, can tend to work their way into a game. You send them to the bench, one, that it, 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 it bothers him, and it should. Uh, and then you come out with a different mentality to show the coach I mean, certainly you should have already been doing that, but you show the coach, I should still be in the starting lineup. And sometimes that gives you a focus that all of a sudden now, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm relaxed, I'm coming off the bench, I'm, 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 I'm still confident, but, you know, I'm just going to go out here and play my minutes. I might be out here five minutes, I might be out here uh, 15 minutes, you don't know. So you can take that mentality like, I got to go out here and work quick, which is what you see kind of out of Drew Holiday. He goes in there and he goes right to work. He doesn't coast and get ready and and find his niche in the game. He goes out and says, "This is my job. I'm gonna go do it." And the the role can be a little more defined and a more sense of urgency when you come off the bench. And I think that suits him. Uh, you know, Alonzo G is is one of those aggressive, defensive, um, rebounding kind of guys, and and when you come off the bench, you know you're not going to be out there that long. You come out with that energy that, you know, all coaches are looking for in their starting lineup, but you certainly expect it when you come off the bench. David Wesley here with us on a Wesley Wednesday. David, unfortunately, Eric Gordon breaks a finger on his shooting hand last night, um, and now obviously will be out. For how long, we're not so sure we know yet, but we do know that he's going to be missing here probably for a significant chunk of time. Um, what will that impact be, and what do you expect – uh, Alvin Gentry to do here in his absence. Wow, that's a tough call. You know, it, you know him playing that shooting guard position, um, and and nobody uh, on the team 
the traditional two. Um, certainly, Drew Holiday plays a two-ish position. But he also plays the point guard. Norris Cole, not the size of a two, but plays off the ball as well. Uh, Tyreek Evans, who knows what his real position would be. You know, he's he's kind of a small forward, size-ish, shooting guard, you know, body kind of thing, And but he plays the point guard. So um, I'm not sure where you go with that. I'm sure Drew Holiday will, will get his same amount of minutes. Maybe you throw him into the starting lineup. Uh, you lose a lot of Gordon shooting uh, in his penetration, and at times he can get really, really hot, get it going, um, and, and you lose some of that. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who gets in that starting lineup, which then changes your bench just a bit. And that, that could be uh, kind of problematic because right now I think the way they're doing it, was going to start paying dividends. Well, it, you know, it comes at an awful time because we had talked about, you know, you and me and then everybody else on air, you and Joel and John and myself and all that, how significant this homestand is. Um, the good news is, is you won the first one, and the bad news is you may have to do the rest without Eric Gordon. Uh, nothing should change here, right, as far as what you need to have happen over these next six at home? Oh, no. No, no, no. The urgency uh, needs to continue to grow. Uh, to the to the point where uh, you don't start slow, you start fast. Uh, you know the the games are kind of lined up in a way that you know it's every other day or every couple of days, which is which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, they have to make a run. If they don't take advantage of this homestand, and, and we're not talking about cupcakes coming in here, and it doesn't matter who's coming in here. Uh, you know, we were making a joke uh, last night about you know it's funny when. You know, the lion is, is, is chasing the rabbit, and he's thinking, there's dinner. And the, and the rabbit's looking at the lion like, oh, yeah, there's dinner. <laughs> uh, so as they may look at the schedule, they can't look at dinner because everybody's looking at them as dinner. they got to go out and go eat, and it's got to be that mentality every night. we got to beat everybody on the schedule, especially in this seven, and I, or the seven home stretch, but they're not going to win seven. Six, five, no less than five. They, yeah. they got to make hay. Yeah, Coach won six, five maybe, um, anything less than that, problem. Um, here's to the suitcase staying in the closet for a little while, David Wesley. And, hey, I like the way you said that. We can actually unpack it. I think I'm going home and fold some clothes and, uh, and, and, and kind of get settled like I'm living at home again. Congratulations on that, and I'll see you tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Sounds good. All right, David Wesley with us here on a Wesley Wednesday. Good one. That's a for sure segment um, as we get set for another game tomorrow night. Detroit will be in town's college night. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. When we come back, we'll talk about the NFC Championship game this weekend and visit with the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Nick Mixon, right after this. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. 
It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back in. We uh, continue here on the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for the Saints and the Pelicans. And we're pleased to bring back for a third time this year. This doesn't ever really happen unless we're talking draft, offseason type stuff. But the Carolina Panthers are more than relevant right now. And with that, we bring in the voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon. He returns to us here on this fine morning. Hello, my friend. Hey, Sean. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. How's the city of Charlotte doing here on the eve of an NFC championship game? Well, earlier in the week, my wife said, do you realize she'd been on the Internet looking around, clicking around, and she said, do you realize that the little bitty old staff ticket, the two staff tickets that we get, are worth $2,000 each on the open market? (laughs) Suddenly, my love for my son by marriage, who's coming to the game, I felt it diminish for just a second when I thought about all the Visa card bills I could zero out and things like that with that kind of coin. But it's just incredible. I mean, people are already tailgating, cornholing, hooting and howling, cooking the fried chicken, baked beans, deviled eggs. That's the way we roll here in the southeast, and it's uh, it's going to be a heck of an atmosphere. With the way the regular season went, Mick, I mean, did anyone not see this coming? I mean, they had, fans had to be gearing up for this a month ago, right? Well, it's crazy. It's just, There's traps everywhere. There's psychological traps in our building this week i work late a couple of nights this weekend and our staff has had to get ready for a game on february 7th that may not be you have to have meetings you have to do planning with the nfl it's the saints know when you get to this stage of the season if you're lucky enough to you have to plan for for a trip to a a a huge stage a global stage that may elude you you just have to do it so it makes it hard to take it one game at a time but I think the fan base has been excited, optimistic ever since training camp. The Panthers, I told friends of mine, Sean, all summer, I said, look, this team is good. They know they're good. Uh, last year was a little jumpy, but, but this team has is, is, is got too many professionals on it not to have a good season. But, of course, I was thinking maybe 11, you know, 11 wins in a playoff run, not necessarily. I mean, you can never predict this deep run the Panthers have had. Let's look back to last weekend. I was stunned at the way the first half played out. What was it like seeing it unfold and calling it on the air? Almost you can't believe what it is that you're seeing. I mean, who does that to Seattle? Who puts 31 on the number one scoring defense in the NFL for four consecutive seasons? But I'm telling you, human nature happened in the second half. Teams play differently. When they're ahead 31 to nothing, you're not used to it. You, tr- you start looking at the clock and trying to protect what you already have. And teams play differently when they're behind 31 to nothing. And Seattle's good and and, and played like it. They, they deserve a lot of credit for 
coming out in the second half and tipping the scales. But I do think in a weird kind of way, Sean, it was a good way for the Panthers to win the game because they'll still have an edge for the Arizona game. And they've had an edge all week in, in practicing for this contest. It seems to me, Mick, in, in my experience and then watching others too, that championship teams have usually been tested in ways that they never thought they would be before, that they've seemed to, seemingly have been put in every scenario uh, that they could possibly think of on their way to a championship. And in some way, leading 31 to nothing at halftime this past weekend, it kind of almost felt like here's the last weird scenario we're going to put you Panthers through before you have a chance to play for it all. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like life its own self. I mean, to to mature, the great thing about being in your 20s is you don't know what you don't know. You think you're much more uh, competent than you really are, but it takes a while. And you cannot short sheet the bed. You have to go through some things in season. I think this team has done that. The Panthers have been behind. They've held a lead. They've been on the road. They've They've been at home. They've played mobile quarterbacks. They've played more stationary QBs. If we lose against Arizona, it will be because Arizona was just better and they played better. It will not be because the Panthers got uh, got too too scared about being in this kind of an environment. Your counterpart, Dave Pash, will be calling the games for Arizona has the flu this week, so he's got his own adversity to go through. Did he um, not did he get a flu shot? I, I, I don't know. That's a whole other show, apparently. Um, I feel yeah, for him, though, I'd, seriously. I had influenza B in 1990. Two, and I've gotten a flu shot every single year since then. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are on that, and uh, I'm religious about it. Um, but, but Dave and I have yet to talk, but I'm curious as to what you took away from their thrilling game against Green Bay and how that applies to this weekend. Well, they got a – I hate to use a cliche, the monkey on the back. That's just – but I can't think of anything else right now. Let's say it this way. They exorcised some demons with a playoff win, even though it had – game of the century instant classic draped all over right on down to the overtime coin toss but now here's an arizona team that's checked the box okay bruce arians everybody make the adjustment bruce arians is a great coach brilliant coach they've won a postseason game carson palmer immense talent has now won a playoff game and i was made nervous by watching bruce arians postgame commentary or his monday press conference where he said we we're we we learned in that we were too conservative in the first half. You playmakers have to make plays, blitz it, throw long, chunk plays. So I think this is going to be a hyper-confident Arizona team on a Sunday night. What do you think? Well, I think so because I think that they survived, uh, you know, not only a great season where everybody was gunning after them, but Mick also to survive a situation like that against a team like Green Bay. It, 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 I think it has a freeing effect to it. And, and to know that they've got guys – who can make plays in the clutch. Uh, look, Larry Fitzgerald, give me a break. I mean, if anybody has a marquee guy that's maybe underrated, it's got to be Larry Fitzgerald, right? I always hear Father Time is undefeated. I think it's Fitzgerald 7, Father Time 0, <laughs> with Father Time just fumbled on Fitzgerald's one-yard line. I mean, he he makes he made the Panther defense look like a bunch of insurance adjusters trying to chase him around in cardigan sweaters in 2009 the 2008 season and so fast forward to now he's still he's still a cut above i mean just the way he jumps makes the the precise cut out of his route gets his proper depth a good blocker downfield he's the panther fans have nightmares about the 11 when you look at carson palmer 
versus that Carolina defense, which is so opportunistic. What do you see there, Mick? What do I see? I see this. I see the whole key to the game in a crucible being Carson Palmer from a, what Panther fans hope will be a muddy pocket, trying to make throws on time to tight windows while while getting his head caved in. That, that's going to be the, I think that's going to be the key to the game. The Arizona O line is rugged. They they have zone blocking schemes. They're a little bit like the Panthers in that, without a mobile QB, of course. But they depend on that hard play action. They get the run game going where they lean on you with that big O line, the zone, the zone stretch, zone stretch cutback, and then uh, fake that and Carson flings the ball downfield. So I think pass rush is going to be the key. In any way, do you think that Carolina is? Um in a situation where they feel like things will go so well as they did last weekend early on that perhaps they're not prepared for a game that ends up being an overtime-type finish? Oh, gosh, no, no. The Panthers yeah. are – Panthers are. we're no juggernaut. I mean, it's a good team. It's a team that believes stridently in itself. But uh, I think it's a team that also realizes that it is it's, – it's got weaknesses. I mean, we're missing a starting corner. That, that Robert McLean's side, Cortland Finnegan's side, uh, the opposite Josh Norman, those guys have got to D up because they may get tr- picked on. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks tried to do it. The Panthers can improve in many, many areas of the game. So no, I, don't, I don't think the Panthers are going to be too worried going in about how to handle prosperity. With the saturation that comes at this time of year, the media coverage surrounding two football teams for one game on the one side of the ledger, it seems like everything is picked apart, everything is covered. But yet nothing compares to being on the ground, local, and with a team day in and day out. Mick, what is something about this game or this football team that hasn't really been spoken about that you feel is as important as anything else this weekend? Well, it's, it's at the risk of sounding like some kind of a life, Lifetime movie channel movie, <laughs> uh, it, it would be this team's cohesiveness and I won't talk long about it because Saints fans are probably rolling their eyes. They don't want to hear it. But they'll probably think back to the championship Saints teams and and maybe hear a familiar note in that this team is not close because they're winning. They're winning because they're cl- a close-knit group. Uh, there are no factions. There are no coups, counter-coups. Uh, I, I don't know how, <clears throat> how Dave Gettleman has done it, but he's assembled a team that has a mix of veteran players and youth that, that co-mingles this cold-blooded, bloodthirsty, trained assassin killer mentality with this childlike joy, exuberance for playing this game, and a love of one another that's unlike anything I've ever seen in three, almost four decades of covering sports. Wow. You, you've, you, you're comparing that to the passion that you found at Carolina in a, in a, in a college program where youth does breed that kind of a culture. These guys are amazing. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm only saying it because it's true, and I've seen it. It's the the way they, uh, the way they uh, dance and and celebrate and hug each other up and laugh and talk in the locker room. The way that, but then the way they're able to just buckle their chin straps up and and get to work. It's it they, it's a switch that that they flip, and I hope it leads to uh, absolute victory. Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mick, have you allowed yourself in any way to think about what you might say if Carolina prevails this weekend and uh, you're you're saying to uh, the faithful there in Charlotte that uh, their team is heading for the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in scripted 
catchphrases, nothing against my uh, brethren in the NFL that have their little phrases that they try to work in, the fade to black and there's your dagger and whatever else some of them say. I have total respect for that, but but it's not my way. I think that the game, the moment, tells you what to say. It may not be a 50-yard field goal that goes through the pipes with no time left on the clock. It may be a different kind of game. And, and for better or for worse, I'll just try to think of something in the moment and if that, it happens. That, that you will. Last question, how's the weather looking for this weekend? What's that field look like at this time of the year? Not too bad. It got some bad press, but it's fine. Our groundskeeper, Tom Vaughn, he could grow grass on a cultured Italian marble. I mean, he's got the green thumb to, to, for days. But uh, the middle third was resodded. That, that middle spine of the field has been resodded several times over the last month because we've had bowl games and ACC championship game and things. But I think the track will be fast and dry, temperature probably in the mid-40s. So not, not too bad. Well, you are NFC South uh, brethren, that's for sure, uh, and so therefore I think that many will be pulling for the Panthers uh, from this uh, neck of the woods. And uh, I know as busy as you are this week, I hope you enjoy the heck out of it, Matt. I'm oh, going to try to, Sean. Appreciate what you do, the way you do your job. It's, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you, and thanks for the coverage that you've given the Carolina Panthers. You're very kind. All the best to you guys this weekend. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue on this Wednesday back to this. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminix. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Saturday, January 23rd against the Milwaukee Bucks. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Hey, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, Jake Chapman from the Detroit Pistons Radio Network. Why? Well, because the Pistons are in town tomorrow. The Pelicans and Detroit will play for the first time this season at the Smoothie King Center tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Now, let's talk a couple of programming notes real quick. 7 o'clock tip-off. You'll back that up to 6.30. That's the start of... Uh, Pelicans warm up with Daniel Salerson, and prior to that, on 99.5 WRNO-FM, it's an early edition of the Alvin Gentry radio show. So basically, starting at 6 Central tomorrow night, uh, you've got Pelicans uh, on your radio, starting uh, with the 99.5 WRNO-FM, and then continuing across the entire network with that 7 o'clock tip-off. Tomorrow night's a college night. We love college night. I hope we get a lot of folks 
to Smoothie King Center for the 7 o'clock tip-off. Uh, keep this in mind. Pelicans team socks to the first 8,000 fans tomorrow night. Uh, if you haven't noticed this season, all the teams have kind of their own team sock now this year. It used to be you could either wear a white sock or a black sock with the NBA logo on it. That was it. That was the rule. Well, this year uh, they've gotten a little a little more creative, I guess. And uh, so each of the teams has their own scheme. Heck, you're going to see uh, you're going to see next month a particular sock just for Black History Month, and you'll see some socks geared toward the alternate uniforms as well. I've I've got I've got to get over to our equipment room and see if there's a special sock for the Mardi Gras uniforms. I bet you there is, because those Mardi Gras colors don't quite go with the uh, the normal navy, gold, and red that we find in the Pelicans team socks. I digress. Anyway, first 8,000 tomorrow night team socks. College night, all the details at pelicans.com. Of course, you never know what else will go into tomorrow's podcast, which will come to you from the Smoothie King Center as we prepare for the game. We do know this. Today was a good one because of Nick Nixon and David Wesley, and we appreciate you joining us. We hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and for all of us here at the Black and Blue Report, have a great day. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. 